Hey, it's me, Lisa P., and welcome to It's Called Life, where we deep dive into society, culture, motherhood, womanhood, and all the other crazy things that make up this thing we call life. And today I have Frances from She's Having a Baby here with me. She is an advocate on TikTok and social media and in real life for maternal mortality rates and black women in the birth space. And I'm really excited to get to talk about some of these really important issues with her. So Francis, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. So we kind of found each other, um, I think through basically my response to a Jen Hamilton video. Um, if y'all don't know out there, uh, Jen Hamilton is a labor and delivery nurse and she sees, um, I guess, the reaction to Black women giving birth and how they're treated a little, you know, on the front lines. And she has been a vocal advocate for um, their health and safety in the birth space. And I responded to a comment on one of her videos talking about, um, I, I think, something about that that Black women don't feel pain the same way. And I think this is a... Yes very widespread myth that I didn't realize was quite as widespread as it is. Absolutely. Um, that's now to be honest with you, I saw your response to Jen Hamilton and I loved it. It was beautiful. It was articulate. And it was definitely one that you recognized black woman's pain, but also was open to learning. And that's, if we can have that, absolutely those two things come together. If someone's like, Oh, this is something I didn't know plus opening to learning, especially when you have a platform, all it does is give a positive contribution to the conversation. So that I saw that, but then I remembered, I was like, wait a minute, because you do a lot of other advocacy and I've seen you before on, I, I, I can't remember exactly where it was, but you were basically just um, bringing awareness about just, you know, anti-Blackness, anti-Semitism. It, it was probably a year ago. And I saw that video. That's the first time I saw you. But that's when I was like user one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight on TikTok and I wasn't making any content. So it, it later it triggered. I was like, wait, I know her. Mm -hmm. she's, she's amazing. But yeah, I definitely um, did a deep dive into just your content and once you stand for, once you stitch Jenna Hamilton. And it's just, it's amazing because white women have the power now to help black women when it comes to birth. And I just don't think a lot of them know, mm -hmm. truly. So I don't think a lot of women in general know a lot about birthing or the business of birthing or the way that the system is right now or how it started or, you know, which is why it is so traumatic when you go through it yourself, because it kind of it kind of rips the rug out from under you a little bit to realize the way things actually are. And I'm sure um, when it comes to, you know, treatment in medical situations as, as a black woman, you probably were more prepared, I guess, to be treated badly, as horrible as that sounds, um, just because how our medical system is. But when you're in such like a vulnerable and sacred experience where there is so much trust you're putting on the people around you. It just, oh, to like betray someone's trust in that moment, I think is one of the most heinous things you can do. And it happens no. and it happens routinely. And, and to the point you said about wanting to learn, that's why I wanted to have you on because, you know, I'm 
not an expert in any of these things. I, I think we can all learn from each other. I, I like to think that I can speak a little bit to the Jewish experience and have tried to voice about that, even though, you know, my lived experience isn't going to be the same as somebody in a Hasidic or Orthodox community. You know, we all have different experiences, but I think when people do not only share their own story, but share empathy for other people's stories, I think that's when you can kind of see real change start to happen in people's minds when the messenger isn't just touting their own message in some ways. Um, well, yeah, you're absolutely right. If you don't mind me just responding to that, because you, it, yeah, that's what we're put. here for. <laughs> I just, I, I, and, and again, that's the, that's, that's how I originally saw you. I was like, and you're, you're just so good at articulating, like, I'm a Jewish woman. I have a different experience, but I can still have empathy and I know what it's like for to kind of be on your toes sometimes. And I don't think it's an accident that with our shared uh, generational trauma and our storytelling as Black and as a Jewish woman, it's so easy for us to listen to the other's experience or listen to um, a statistic or a fact and be like, whoa, I need to learn more about this and not center yourself. So I I just want to like definitely give you props because that's definitely kind of what you do and what you have been doing. And I think that's really great. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think, you know, I kind of accidentally found found myself in um, this very public forum, I guess. Um, and I always, I keep wondering when my mouth's going to get me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> but, uh, I, think we all I guess I'll keep that. going until then. But yeah, amen. Don't stop. Yeah. Like I one of these days. Something, <laughs> yeah. Right. I know it's, you know, every now and then I think about stopping. I'm like, oh, you're just like inviting trolls into your life. And then and then you see like some some asshole with a microphone who's just a complete bigot, and you're like, no. If, you, if you're super yeah. confident in what you're saying, <laughs> you, listen, I'm going to be confident on the opposite side. We got to balance. Um, but it getting out. back to your kind of, yeah, it's got to be a balanced sphere of information, and I feel like, yeah, you know, it is. Um, it's so important to hear the lived experience of people, especially in the birth space, I'm so impassioned about maternal healthcare, maternal mental health and and labor and delivery because of my own lived experience. That's kind of what got me first into researching these things or being impassioned about this topic um, is because I had my own, you know, trauma in the birth space. And when I started to look at other women's stories, they were common. These, these stories are common. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I did not have a physically traumatic birthing experience. Everything was according to plan. And you were talking, you know, in your Ted talk about wanting to be like, you, you like researched, you were like prepared. Oh yeah. Um, to be like an expert birther. <laughs> I did, like yeah, that's ideal exactly patient. what I was trying to do. That's exactly what I was trying to do. And I think that's the biggest thing is um, I I really think it's great when people listen to the TED Talk because they get marching orders. Um, I'm very clear about what white women can do to help us. Um, and the reason why I talk directly to white women is because they have the best birth outcomes in the United States. Um, that is mm-hmm. not to take away that if you're white, you're going to have the birth perfect experience. The difference is if you're white, you're most likely not going to die. Um, you know, black women are just dying in childbirth. And mm-hmm. I think what's so important is recognizing, like you said, 
you kind of get the rug taken from under you when you give birth. There's not a lot of education. There's not a lot of support. And this is for, and I can only speak from the American experience, but this is for American women across the board. You know, we don't have Mm -hmm. comprehensive maternity leave. We don't have affordable childcare. We we really just don't. Not to mention our prenatal appointments are like a factory. Like you're (laughs) in and out. The doctor's in there for like a minimal amount of time. It's just not educational. It's not comprehensive. Unless you ask a specific question, you're not going to be prepared for certain eventualities, even if they're common ones that you should be prepared for, like postpartum hemorrhaging or um, stalled labor, like all of these things, which are pretty common, you have to research on your own. And I understand that doctors aren't, doctors aren't educators, but they are supposed to be patient advocates. Um, Absolutely. And and I find that- Oh no, no worries. We're just we're just spitballing. I'm I'm a chatty Kathy, absolutely. But okay, good. so too. just to, just to put it in perspective for people listening, you know, when when black women are telling you that the mortality rate for black women in this country is terrible, can I I just I did some research on like the Ooh. actual numbers just to have them on hand for this podcast. Um number 1 the US has the highest maternal mortality rate of the next 10 wealthy Western countries. Um, We're like up there with like Syria. So, I mean, we're not competing with places like Sweden, France, Germany, Spain, Portugal, other, you know, wealthy countries that do have the money for good medical care. Uh, So furthest back I could, or the most recent I could find was 2021. And it it was, the rate was 69.9 black women died in childbirth per a hundred thousand births. Yes. Um, that's exactly right. And it's, it's and, bad. It's bad. And it doesn't, and it, those rates get worse, the higher your income and education level, just to add that in there. Wait, you've got to say that again. The higher the education level and the higher the wealth of the black woman, the higher her, her, the higher her rates of mortality are. So it's, I'm speech- it's worse. Like real, it's worse. So a, a woman, a, a black woman with that's so counterintuitive to like what I would think it was. I, right, and that's why I said it because again, it's just like you're just listen. Let's talk about it. So yeah, a black woman with a college degree and privatized health insurance is more likely to die in childbirth than a black woman um, on Medicaid living in low income housing. And I, there are so many organizations that are studying at this right now. I, again, I am not a doctor, I'm not a sociologist, but I personally think it has a little bit to do with that savior complex. I think a lot of people feel very comfortable listening or helping a black woman if they feel, listening to a black woman, they feel like they're, like they're above her. her or, yep, or saving her. But if I'm coming at you mm-hmm. woman to woman, degree to degree, like, come on, let's talk about it. Then all of a sudden I'm angry or I'm aggressive. The mood definitely changes. Or who does she think she is? Yeah. Who does she think she's talking to? I need to humble her. This, this element of me. Oh my God. That's like missionary complex. Like that's like, let me go and save these poor people. Oh my God. I didn't know that. That's horrible. Yes. Yes. And wow. I mean, the whole thing is horrible, but it just keeps it somehow every time I learn more, it just keeps getting worse. It keeps getting worse. And 
the thing that's really sad, um, you know, I thought I was doing everything I could, right? So, um, you know, I, me and my husband waited four years before we had children after we got married, um, partly to do with we wanted to, you know, save money. But a large part of that was I was just bluntly scared. Um, I was very nervous about giving birth. I was like, I don't know if I want to die to have a baby. Like, I was very concerned about that. But, you know, we waited. We waited till we both felt really secure in our, our jobs. Um, we had a doula. Um, we, we, where we Which were. Which is a great, I would, I would suggest everyone have a doula if they can afford it. If you can afford it, absolutely have a doula. Um, but hopefully we get to a point where whether you have a doula or not, your chances of dying is not affected. Mm -hmm. Um, but the truth of the matter is anyone who has the means, I can 100% agree with you, get a doula. Um, I did everything I thought I, I could do within my power. Um, I looked within a four hour radius for a black physician, um, that was taking patients. I could not find one. Um, I found a privatized hospital. I toured the hospital before I got pregnant. Um, I talked to oh my, my God. <laughs> yeah, I talked to my, you were so proactively prepared. I tried it all. I talked to my primary care physician before I got pregnant it was like, okay, like, um, do you want, like, do I need to lose some weight? I checked my cholesterol. I, I got tested for diabetes. I did everything under wow. the sun that I thought I could do. I made sure um, I was, you know, quiet while I was in labor. I didn't ask for food. I didn't ask for help. I did everything that I could so they wouldn't let me die or they wouldn't physically or emotionally abuse me. That should not be a fear in 2019, 2020, 2021. And I just want to reiterate to people listening, um, you know, I'm, I'm a human being. That's enough. I'm not better than anyone else. But oftentimes there's this thing that at least we're told as black women, you know, get a degree, get married, keep your head down. Um, you know, be, be well read, use a soft tone when you're talking to your white counterparts, especially when they're in positions of power, like healthcare or education. So I did all these things that had been drilled into me from society and from my family and from my parents. Right. And that still didn't work. It still was like, who are you? And, And mind you, I didn't have gestational diabetes. I d- wasn't pregnant with multiples. I didn't have those additional uh, risk, you know, quote unquote. Yeah, straightforward patient. Easy breezy. Straight, mm-hmm. straightforward, you know, you know, healthy baby. Um, healthy mommy, healthy baby. And I, I didn't think I could have felt, I, I didn't think I would ever feel as scared as, I've been in other situations, but if we're talking about just like trauma, mm-hmm. um, I would, and I, and I, I'm not trying to be harsh or, and I'm not trying to be insensitive when I say this, but the fear I had while I was giving birth was equal to the fear I had as someone who grew up in the DC area on nine 11. Like I literally just was like, I don't like, I felt so hopeless. I, I th- that was the last time I had felt, uh, sorry, that was the last time I had felt that hopeless. It was, it was terrifying and there was no need. There was mm-hmm. no need. 
I didn't have an epidural. I wasn't pregnant with multiples. Um, so, you know, they didn't need to have like, I wasn't tied to a bunch of machines. Like there was just no need. I asked for ice and that's it. And my husband went and got it for me. So I, I just don't. No, it's like, I can feel this frustration in you too, because it's like, it's like that line from the hunger game. It's like, no, I did everything right. Yeah. This is supposed to work out for me. Yes. Like I can't, Uh, and, and I, it's just tough because, you know, again, like you were saying, birth is just not supported here. You know, we both live in the United States. We can both speak from that perspective. Birth is not supported. Yeah. The issue is birth should not be deadly. We just lost, no. I think it was maybe two months ago, Miss um, Bowie. She was an Olympic gold medalist. She just died Oh my in God, Florida I saw that. Due to childbirth. Mm-hmm. It's like Serena Williams. You know, she was like, something's not yeah. right. Something's not right. Something's not right. Something's not right. Something wasn't right. But it, I mean, I think we can agree. She, Serena Williams has to be at least top 10 healthiest people in the world. It's like that's ever guys, lived. And also lived. and also a woman of immense wealth and power. Yes. Yes. And they didn't believe her. Mm-hmm. And I I just I think that we have a very unique opportunity as as women, as people to say, you know what? We're not going to do what our parents and our grandparents did. We're not going to make changes that help Black women because there's a law. We're going to make the change now. So while I might not be a doctor or I might not be a nurse or I might not be a doula, you know what? I had a baby. One of my coworkers is Black and pregnant. I'm going to shoot her an email telling her all the things I was offered. You know what? Yeah. I've had two babies at I two think that's hospitals. amazing. I. Yeah. That idea of like, so I know you can like Google review. So I actually did this when I was preparing for my third birth. Um, I went on like Facebook mom groups and mm-hmm. I said, cause I had a very traumatic, psychologically traumatic experience with my second birth at this hospital here in town. And it's because between my two kids, they had moved to a baby friendly model of care which oh, okay. sounds great in theory, but it's very like anti-mother. Like it's not great it for is. the moms. No, um, it's not. So, and I didn't know they had switched models. I didn't know any of that had changed. So like the, the difference in care was night and day. It was awful. Um, uh, so I went on Facebook because that was one of my biggest fears was like not having to go through that again. Um so I asked around and I was like, okay, so did they have a nursery? Like, what was your experience like? What was the nursing staff like? Cause that is very important. Um, mm-hmm. and even now with you just talking to me about this, I realize how much privilege is in the fact that I didn't worry about dying. I worried about being traumatized, which absolutely valid. Like, valid. you know, these, totally valid. these, these numbers, you know, when we're talking about maternal mort- mortality, there's no one document documenting like birth trauma. So you just have to assume, you know, you're not part of luckily, you know, the percentage of women who died during childbirth, but you absolutely were traumatized by it. So, you know, I, I mean, it breaks my heart that that's the that's the low bar. I wish we were having <sighs> this conversation on how can we combat birth trauma? How can we get right. women to see that no matter how you 
feed your baby or how you conceive your baby. You're a mother or a parent. You're oh my God. A good I'm person. so sick of those debates on social media. Like I'm so Girl, sick of it. I'm so I'm sick of people sick. being like, you're not even going to try to breastfeed. Like it's nature's like, yeah, mind your own titties. Like shut up. Right. Nobody like, asked you. Nobody asked you. Don't like use your boobs or don't like that's totally that like whatever. Like, <laughs> I, I, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish as, as ridiculous as these, de- those debates and conversations are, I would much rather that be the main, most serious conversation, which is us just shaming each other be, be, besides <laughs> people actually dying. You know what I mean? Like as, as ridiculous yeah. as that conversation is, it's like, you know, when I, cause I talk to other black women in other countries. Um, and I talk to moms of all other races that are in other countries and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're debating about like, Oh, like I didn't get the pick of the, cause a lot of them have subsidized childcare in other places. Um, and I'm, and I'm, yeah. thinking, I'm talking about these 10 countries that we're always clumped with. I'm talking England, I'm talking yeah. Canada. Um, and they're like, oh, I didn't get, like, I didn't win the lottery to get to the daycare that I wanted. Or, oh, like, you know, I only got I didn't get the off. private birthing suite. Yeah, like those sorts <laughs> right. of things. Right. Yeah. Like, I wish, like, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I just feel like I, I it, it saddens me because I feel like for moms like you and me, it's like we aren't. Um, hateful and toxic. So we're not having a fed is best debate, but we're just trying to make sure everyone makes it home alive. But that is just so, Mm -hmm. that is just so ridiculous when you think about it. And then just also just side note, most hospitals who have a labor and delivery, it is their most profitable unit. So it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make sense. The hospital I gave birth here is like a baby factory. That's like all they do is babies. And like yeah, they have like maybe yeah. an emergency room, but like <laughs> not really. Well, if you are a hospital and you have a labor and delivery, your labor and delivery unit is always in the green. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it's just what it is. So it's expensive. You know, well, it doesn't have to be, but it is. It's expensive. It's like, and expensive. every single person walking in there is walking out with a, like a ten thousand dollar bill. And like that's listen, a, that's a lucrative business. It's a lucrative business. Um, it's you know you're you're. For me, I don't think a woman has a a time where she's more vulnerable. You you know, you're laying there, you you don't have, you you have on this thin gown, you're laying down or you're on your side, you're very vulnerable. Like if Mm -hmm. I'm trying to advocate for myself and have a real conversation with someone, I need my feet on the ground. So I need to be sitting in a chair if they're sitting in a chair, or I need to be standing up if they're standing up. I don't feel empowered when I am laying down. And I don't think, I think that's Oh, spread eagle, like just- (laughs) That's yes. not where you feel like the most empowered. <laughs> yes, right. Like I not at all. And so I feel, I feel like I I I understand and and I want to be clear. Um I think a lot of my white counterparts are very ready to play ball. Like they want to be in it, they want to stop, they want to combat um black maternal death. I I truly truly believe that. I think one of the disconnects is is we have to specifically look at how we are approaching the conversation. If a black woman tells you, or you read, black women are three times more likely to die than white women in childbirth. The solution can't be one that's rooted in capitalism or money, 
or go find your own. Meaning specifically yeah. to tell a black woman, oh, we'll just find, just, just find a black doctor. First of all, only 5% of the, the doctors in the United States are black. Second of all- I mean, I thought it would a, be good enough to have like a female doctor, but like, it's not. <laughs> it's not. But like, it's like, I would never, like, that is just, that is, that is ridiculous. That would be like me telling you, if you were complaining about your dentist, me being like, well, you know what? Why don't you find one with brown hair, brown and blonde hair and blue eyes that has a name that starts with the letter L? That is so. so I feel specific. like that comes back to all of this like individualism. I also think that we need yeah. to reframe the the way we make these statements because words and how you say things are so impactful to people. Yes. And I don't think if you say the phrase "Black women are four times more likely to die in childbirth," instantly the question is, well, well, what did they do? Yep. When you are trying to elicit responses and people, how you phrase things is so important. And if you're going to have a conversation about racism in the medical community, number one, it can't be an attack on doctors because it's not just, it's not the individual doctor. It's the way the whole system has started and been set up. Um, Because I can see this like pushback from OBGYNs and doctors being so um, incensed and and feeling attacked uh, because I think all of them got into that profession to help people. Um, I'm sure there are people who got into it to make money, but those people are not in labor and labor and delivery. Those people are, you know, neurosurgeons and plastic surgeons and dermatologists. But like, I think people truly do get into OBGYN to help people. And I think it is the system and the way it is set up that, that creates impossible cultures, um, and then there's also like, of course, the inherent bias of the individual, which which is another thing. And it's so layered in that. Factor. You're mm-hmm. right. We're not blaming OBGYNs. We're not attacking OBGYNs. But just to throw this in there. But Black women who are seeing a Black physician are having a better birth outcome than a Black woman seeing a white physician a black woman with complications is having a better birth outcome if she has a black physician the, mm-hmm. the changing factor is our our organs aren't different the the yeah. factor is these doctors and midwives because the midwife waves rates aren't better um but the truth of the matter is you know 69 percent of our OBGYNs in the united states are white period and most babies are being born to a white male doctor that's just mm-hmm. the num- that's just the fact. Um, so there is something that they're doing different to black women because mm-hmm. white women in jail who are going through their entire most of their pregnancy in jail and then giving birth in jail have better <laughs> birth outcomes than college educated black women who work in medicine. That's so insane. It, it's it's like. Uh, Cause I, it's taken me years and years and years. I was, cause you know, you always want to find um, a factor that is something yeah. like tangible, like, Oh, it's because, you know, you, cause you know, we have a wealth gap, right? So it's like, okay, well, black women, you know, they get paid about 30% less than white women. Um, therefore they tend to have, um, you know, higher blood pressure because they're worried about more finances or they're, you know, working longer into their pregnancy. Okay. That's something we can like, that's something oh, we can that pinpoint. Was the com- one of the comments was that they don't get prenatal care. That was like the, 
the white woman yep. comment that I we responded to. And I was like, that's just not true. <laughs> it's just not true. Um, black woman and white woman, American women, we all, most of us go to these six minute appointments. We yes. get our two little funky ultrasounds that we have to pay for. And then we show up in the hospital like, hello, Pretty I'm much here. <laughs> Tell me what you want me to do. So yep. I, I, I definitely think, again, listen, listen, I understand that the history in this country and the politics and the opinions and the lies and myths around Black women's bodies are still alive and well like they were 20, 30, 50, 60, 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. I understand that. I get it. I understand that doctors and nurses in some nursing schools and medical schools are still being taught that Black women have thicker skin, therefore we can tolerate more pain. University of Virginia just did a study on this. So, like, I get that. But However, how not, like, common sense? <laughs> like, you know what? I th- think- How do you not read that and think, like, I don't think that's true. That, d- you like, know, that doesn't, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> It takes a really long time to change a culture. Um, And, you know, the healthcare industry is a culture, right? And it takes a very long time to change things. And I think like any group of people, and I'm specifically speaking on white men and white women, I think it is very scary when someone who controls what your specialty is going to be, someone who controls your schedule, someone who controls how you when you get to work, where you get to work, if they tell you, if they're teaching you to do it the exact way they do it in order to get through your residency or to get through your specialty program, whatever it is, it is not lost onto me to do things the way they're telling you to do them. Listen, I'm oh, not the just people. following orders thing though Listen, rubs me the wrong it's way. It's hard to go to the left when there's eight other, you know, you got a class of 15 people. They're all shadowing this doctor who's been an OBGYN for 20 years. He's, mm-hmm. you know, his wife is on the board of the hospital. He has power. You have a class of 15, 10 of you are white, one's black, one Asians, two, two are Latina. You guys are all together and you might not want to be that one person if you're that white resident like listen i'm in the majority right now i got a good schedule i don't get picked you know people don't expect i don't have to do and then also if it's being taught like you know arguably you don't have any leg to stand on to say that that's not true because these people who are teaching it to you are seasoned doctor you know what i mean so and they're in charge so i do not blame people who are learning for being scared of changing. Mm-hmm. But by the time you pick the specialty of being a gynecologist, and by the time you are taking patients on your own and you have opened your practice, yeah. you are making that contract with that hospital. You are deciding where you want to be certified, where you want to have your privileges. You're the boss. You can, mm-hmm. it would take, it takes a doctor. My, my doctor, my second child, I had a black physician a black female physician dr page she's a real one and she called the hospital before i got there talked to the charter nurse she's like my patient's on her way we've talked about her before she had a very traumatic uh labor and delivery with her first um 
I have an expectation for her to be treated with respect. I have an expectation for her to allow to be to drink water or Gatorade or any clear fluid. So like let her, if she's thirsty, let her drink. If she wants to eat, let her have soup. Um, if there is something that you would like her to do, call me. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden, before I get there, I'm on my way. The charge nurse is able to tell the nurses that are going to be working with me. Like, listen, girl, her doctor called. Like, (laughs) she she is. And, you know, so I feel like there's a certain point, there's a certain cuff where you're actually seeing, you know, 10, 15 moms where you're the boss. At the point Mm -hmm. where you have a full roster and you're seeing these women, you know, every month or every six to seven weeks, you're the boss at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, so you can decide how you want to do medicine. And we don't have time for doctors to only want to change if they just so happen to get a black daughter in law or they just so happen to get a black yeah. son in law. We don't but have that's the whole time. conversation. Like that is that is we don't have time deconstructing right? in in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, we need three more episodes whole- to get through all that, girl. That's that whole conversation because you know, it is really uncomfortable. Yes. Um, just from somebody who's going through it and and has made a lot of, you know, a, a lot of progress, but there's always more to do because, you know, because of the world we live in. But when you start to unpeel all the shit, like it it, it is it. number one, it is shocking um yes. to realize how things actually are. It is full of guilt and shame for your complicity in these systems that hurt other people. Right. Um, Because if you don't see it and you just live in la-la land where everything's fine and they're just, you know, like, if you don't actually, if you don't have to look, you don't have to look at it in this country. Like, you can choose not to. You can choose to never see it. Absolutely. Um, and if you're white, you can choose to pretend it doesn't exist. And, you know, it's, it's not only shocking to, and I feel like I had a little bit of a leg up because I'm Jewish and like white supremacy has been something that has been discussed at length, um, in my own community. So we, we grow up knowing that white supremacy exists and the implications of it. And I don't think I don't think a lot of other white people do. <laughs> no, I, um, I don't think you're wrong. And I don't think it's a mistake that oftentimes when I am talking to one of my white counterparts um, and, and I'm only saying white because I've heard you call yourself white, but I do know you're a Jewish woman. I'm not trying to take that away. From yeah. You. I call myself white because I mean, look at me, like I, I live a white existence in this country. Um, but I just want to tell you that I see you and I see the intersectionality of that. And I just want to be respectful, but I don't think it's (laughs) absolutely, but I don't think it is by mistake that oftentimes when I find myself having a mutually beneficial conversation about black maternal death with a white woman, oftentimes she is Jewish. Yeah. I'm not surprised by that at all. That doesn't, not at all. And so I think that well the jewish community and the black community have a a very long history of of collaborating yes um, because you know and this is such an interesting conversation like even outside of the birth space but 
um, just talking about, you know, racial intersectionality, you know, Jews have not always been white um, or considered white and still kind of aren't <laughs> in certain, depending how deep into white supremacy you get or your feelings are. Um, you know, we are, we have always walked around this world regardless of our skin tone, because, you know, a lot of us have European descent or Eastern European descent in holding your breath. And just waiting for someone to find us out almost, yeah. you know, yeah. like it's, um, and a lot, a lot of Jews don't look phenotypically white. Uh, uh, there's Jews, you know, in every country, but we're always a small population and we're always seen as Jewish first. Um, so my conversations about white supremacy started very young because right. again, out of necessity. And yep. I think I have always tried to use the privilege of my appearance to change people's minds about certain things. Um, and you do, you do, you do a very good job. I know I'm cutting you off and cutting people off is very rude, <laughs> but I also feel like you, I feel like again, I'm Jewish. 18, you can cut me off. It's, it's fine. <laughs> no, no, no. I just feel like we could do like 8,000 episodes together. Cause like, it's just, it's, I just feel like I'm just talking to a friend, but I, I feel like, um, like me, I feel like many Jewish people understand that holding your breath feeling. Like, mm -hmm. So like, even when things are fine, it's like, okay, I'm one joke or one stereotype or one bigoted person from this whole experience going to the left. And I, I just, I don't think that that's, I think yeah. that's a There's been many times where I found myself in a circle and I'm like, Oh, y'all aren't safe people. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. oh yep. no. <laughs> and and like, it's 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 scary, but I think you understand what I what that feeling I had when you know I prepared, I found a doula, I found a private hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I I checked my blood sugar, I checked my cholesterol, I checked my weight. Like I was, I did everything I could to not die during childbirth, to not yeah. have a traumatic birthing experience event, and it's still you just kind of have that hold your breath feeling because you're just one joke or bigoted person or, you know, uh, or just mm -hmm. an attack on your community. I will tell you though, I like, you know, you're giving me a lot of credit in the, in that respect, but absolutely not. I do. I do not. I, I didn't prepare at all for my first birth and I assumed I would be fine. No, That's, I'm saying you understood what it's like. Oh, to that moment that moment where you're just like, where you're like holding your breath and you're just like, I like, okay. Like things mm -hmm. seem okay, but I, it's yeah. Like, like but like, I, I like, but doing that in that scenario, that birthing yeah, no. scenario, I, I no, like, that's why it gives me shivers because I just know how I felt like in my birthing experiences, both, both the good ones and, and the not so great ones in the not so great ones. I never questioned that it was because of who I was. No. And, no, and I think, yeah. and I think that's the thing that makes me so intense. Number one, it should never happen. It, like no. you shouldn't be psychologically traumatized <laughs> by your nursing staff. I don't think that should happen to anyone, but the fact that, you know, and again, I urge people to go see your Ted talk because you talk more in depth about what was said to you and, you know, oh, but like the comment about like, oh, black people don't know they're paternity or something yes about, she, like, she said she said um and just uh and just for clarification i know that your experience is not going to be my experience and you're not going to have that same fear going into delivering our baby that i will but you do know what it feels like to feel unseen 
and be judged by just being who you are. Mm-hmm. So that is just a very scary feeling. Um, but yes, one yes. the midwife on staff, she said to me, um, well, we some of the information is already filled out for you. And I was like, well, I would really like to fill out my own children's biographical information. And she's like, well, we just do whenever it's a black mother, we just fill out the race section for them because we know black women don't typically know the paternity of their children. We learned that. I can't believe she said like out loud. Black women typically don't know the paternity of their children. She said it out loud. She said it with her full chest. And And with with your husband there. You know what was very interesting? She said it to me while he was gone. He was going to the car to get the car seat. And I will tell you this. Um, some of the cruelest things that were said to me while I was in labor were said when he was in the bathroom or when he was, you know, in the car. So in Georgia, you have, every baby has to take this car seat test. So you have to bring the car seat inside the hospital that they're going to use. They take the baby's oxygen. Then the baby sits in the car seat for an hour. And then they take their oxygen levels again. And what they're trying to do is just make sure, okay, baby could baby's you know baby laying in that position kind of a good idea <laughs> they, it's a great idea and um babies uh leaving the hospital without being able to breathe and have that um oxygen control while they're in the car seat is like really low in georgia because they do that test um so he was gone getting the car seat for that test and that's when she said it and so um i do want which is say- so which is such bullshit because like they all know who's on the, like, who has a band, right? Like who's allowed in the hospital. They know you have your, your man husband, like here. It gets worse. worse. (laughs) Guess what? I, my husband, listen, my husband's in the military. I use TRICARE. So like you cannot use TRICARE unless you are a spouse. They know that. They know that. Not Not only that, literally, um, like they have she has we have like we have a family name right so it it wasn't like he had a wedding ring on um you know there were all these things and uh not only that um when yours my husband actually came (sighs) home from overseas to be at my birth he just all he told his commander he's like listen my wife is black she's giving birth it was a very serious experience first time with a black maternal death rates i do not feel comfortable with having her giving birth on her own is there any way i can go home he was like you know what yeah so they let him fly for that's really nice that they let him come. come is your husband black as well or not no my husband is of the caucasian variety uh-huh. um and yeah so he, so he must have been just appalled he was so he was he was appalled because i think all spouses of black women that are giving birth as much research as you do and as much as you prepare yourself, it's totally different. Watching your person being treated that way, watching the staff treat that way. And then also it's like, he's, you know, he's a father. So he's worried about his baby. He's worried about his wife. He's, he, he knew the the statistics because we had talked about it for four years. It's mm-hmm. not like we just got pregnant, which there's nothing wrong with that. But it's not like we just got. Can pregnant. I ask? Was it was it hard for him to um like I guess internalize and conceptualize the fear you had? Um, I think it was hard for him to. I think it was hard for him 
to understand why the doctors and nurses weren't listening to me in mm-hmm. real time. So like it wasn't hard for him to understand that they're going to be biased. They're not going to listen to, you know, her pain. You know, my husband stayed awake for 71 hours for my second birth. He's like, "Oh, uh-uh. Oh like I am not like they're not doing nothing to my wife." Like so he knew <laughs> I, I mean, you know, his white friends and his white relatives, you know, their wives get a 71 hour labor. They're taking a nap at least. It, it, she's oh, saying yeah. take a nap. Close your eyes. But he was like, "Oh no." So like it was hard for him to physically watch his wife who he thinks is kind and compassionate and an empath and sweet. Um, You know, you don't really get the whole story of someone from, you know, social media or or virtually, but like I I am, I would describe myself as a nice person. So like, it was hard. It was like, I don't know if I would. (laughs) (laughs) It was was hard for him (laughs) to watch his best friend be treated terribly yeah especially because we were very straightforward with them like I literally told the nurse that came in um you know because I had my babies during the pandemic so I actually had a mask for the first 10 hours of labor. oh my god you, have to get, you had to do uh you have to do a COVID test at the hospital well they wanted yeah. to do it at the hospital and then once your results come back then you can take your mask off so I had talked to the nurse, the first nurse that like comes in and talks to you. And I was like, listen, I just want you to know, like, this is my second birth. I am not planning on dying. Um, I feel pain. I feel a lot of pain. Um, I have very small veins. They roll. Um, I know that there's a lot of misbeliefs about Black women and our pain tolerance mm-hmm. and things like that. But I just want to let you know, I will be respectful to you. I expect you to be respectful of me. So like I had yeah. these conversations with every shift change. And then my doctor also, um, who, you know, is amazing. She was also calling in to check on yeah. me. Which and never, people, like that's yeah, above no. and beyond. But, and she was a black woman, black womaning, because that's what mm-hmm. we do. We go, we yeah. listen. At, and this is the other part of it. Everyone has depended on Black women, our strategies, um, the way that we campaign, the way that we organize, the way that we passionately stand with every other group. We stand mm-hmm. 10 toes down for everyone, yeah. which also makes this advocacy work extremely painful because when I don't care what the group is, what the issue is, as a Black woman, when I hear someone is being hurt or oppressed, I'm like, okay, where do I sign up? Or most of the time, I'm already on that team anyway. So yeah. it, it, that's what made it hard for him was I'm watching my wife who's articulating her needs, who's- Be just- you know, and, and so he, and luckily for me, um, you know, while he is white, he's white and he's not black. So he does not understand what it is to be a black person. One thing I will say is my husband takes my Black's experience as facts. So like, yeah. if I'm like, I don't feel comfortable. It's not like, well, I don't know. Like, maybe they didn't mean it. He's like, yeah. yeah. Like, so, and that's not, as a Black woman, especially as a dark-skinned woman, I don't always feel that from even other minority groups. Like, you know, that wasn't right. Well, I don't know. Maybe you're being too sensitive. Or like, oh no, like maybe it's just how you said it. Or, oh no, maybe you did. So I will say that. 
um, it was very easy for him to understand why I was scared because he mm-hmm. did the research. It was That's very great. easy for him to understand um, why I had concerns because he's done the research and we've had another baby. Um, yeah. What broke his heart, I think, was, um, you know, one, uh, 30 days before I had my second child, my uh, brother had passed away. So I was very much grieving. Um, You know, I was pretty quiet, pretty somber. Um, And, you know, I wasn't asking for much. So for him, that was difficult, was just, there's just feeling hopeless. Like there's nothing else we can do. Like I'm standing by her side, you know, we're double insured. We have a black physician. She's, she's telling you guys to call her for any questions. You just have to go through it. I wasn't on pain management. So I'm just sitting there and there were still just these little, like any little opportunity, just little jabs. Um, And like the comment about the husband and the paternity thing, I'm like, that is just somebody who really just wanted to be racist that day. Like, you know what I mean? Like that was just, she's not going to say anything back type of thing. It crushed me. And what crushed me too was the midwife. Cause you know, people always say, cause again, like you were talking about earlier, people always want to give these like, but it's because of this, or it's because of this. No black women are getting, uh, care we're getting prenatal care or they'll mm-hmm. say well you know you should really use the midwifery care i'm like listen the first dumpster fire the the hospital i went to for my first baby was midwifery care so mm-hmm. when the lady told me looked me dead into my soul and was like how is your pain and i was like i'm fine because i had known the statistics i just didn't want to give anyone a reason to hurt me or abuse me or be a bigot towards me so i was like i'm fine i feel great i was in a lot of pain but i lied And she goes, well, good, because I know when black women tell me their pain tolerance, they're exaggerating. I know Latina women are under exaggerating. And I know white women typically are telling me the truth. I literally like you aren't giving me pain meds. I'm not on pain management. So why did you have to say anything? Yeah. Like, Like, why the jab? Why yeah, the jab? that was like that's in- like that's intentional just to be an asshole. Like that's what that it, but, is. Like, yeah, and that, it goes into this. It is easy for people to look at a systematic problem that affects the black community as long as they feel like they're saving someone. I don't need you to save me from childbirth. Mm-hmm. I just need you to treat me the same way you're treating white women. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. I'm just asking to make it home. I listen. I'm not asking. Or at least at the same rate, because like the American rate is pretty shitty, but like, can we just across the board? Yes. Can we just (laughs) equal it out? And that's what I mean. Just treat me like a white woman. Can we just even, like, can we just even, can we just uplift it? And I, I, and I don't think this is just with childbirth. I think this is also missing in the conversation. And when I really feel exasperated and the person doesn't understand what I'm saying, I go, okay, look at this way. You know how there was this huge movement in Hollywood where everyone's like, we need to get paid the same rate as men. Yeah. Female actors need to get paid the same rate as male actors. Okay. Right. Or women and all, you know, we need to get paid the same. And that's still an ongoing conversation. Like that's still not even, which is insane, but. But white women get paid less than white men. Yeah. But white women get paid 30% more than black women. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you, you're talking about you. Or, yeah. you know, this conversation that's really popping right now on, on TikTok is domestic <sighs> labor, division mm-hmm. of labor. Labor is a value. 
labor, domestic labor was considered unskilled work that was only worth paying women pennies on the dollar 40 years ago when black women. Oh my God. I did a whole TikTok about this and so many people were so mad at me because I was like, it was, it was a bit of a pushback to the whole, like, you know, good old 1950s housewife aesthetic. Yeah. That's Um, wild. And I was like, well, there's, it wasn't necessarily the good old days for everybody. And like, why? And like, talking about, you know, the invisible labor back then were domestics. And that was a huge industry. Um, And people were like, well, no, this isn't true because my grandmother didn't have any help. And I'm like, oh, yes, I forgot. This is about you. Like, (laughs) right. And there's a big difference between seeing how Black people are being treated and not wanting to participate and seeing how Black people are being treated and not being able to afford to participate. And Mm -hmm. people really don't love that one because I'm like, okay, there is a big difference between being like, oh, well, you know, where I was, we didn't have issues with segregation okay but you you're coming from a town of 97 percent white people so there was no one to segregate that doesn't mean <laughs> that there wasn't still issues for those three percent people that weren't white or yes like your grandmother didn't have a domestic because you know she was a dirt poor irish immigrant like of course she didn't but like when That's you go yeah it there's so many like there's issues of of class distinction and there's um People who want to believe that because their story doesn't include this, it doesn't exist as widespread as it does. Um, And And that's why they get mad on this topic, because no matter what, no matter if you are a white woman in jail, no matter if you're a white woman in recovery, no matter if you are a white woman that's incarcerated in prison, you still are going to have a better birth outcome statistically than black women who work in medicine and it really hit like I, and if you just take the there's time no walking look, around that either like there's no people can't stand that they can't well i'm poor or like well but like i like every little thing that you can think of there's not an there is an amount of black friends your black mm-hmm. spouse your black cousins you if you are not a black woman period birth is safer for you in the united states that is just a fact. Yeah. Now, AI, just do to be ethical and, you know, whatever. To be clear, when I'm saying that, I am talking about the groups, ethnic groups, and the racial groups that they collect data for, yes. which is Asian American women, mm-hmm. Hispanic women, not white, white women, yeah. black or African, black and or African American, because you could be both or one or the other. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, I do not know why, but they do not collect data on indigenous women that gets reported to the World Health Organization or the CDC when we're collecting um, uh, maternal mortality. Sorry, my tongue. It is a tongue twister. It is. Um, So the numbers are lower. The numbers are worse than we even know because that's not included at all. I have a a few like conspiracy theories as to why that is, but that's for another day. For Um, another day. But I just want (laughs) to make sure that we understand. And not only that, um, oftentimes, most of the time, when you're looking at data connect data collection from states, f- state organizations, um, and federal federal organizations, they will not count if you check more than one race. Oh, so, so the- if you're biracial, you have to check both. 
Or do you ch- do you check both if you're biracial? Well, this is thing. Um, or is there other? I guess is like the. Well, let me just tell you this, and I'm and I'm reading this straight from it. Okay. So from the uh, CDC and the National Center for Health Statistics, those are when you pull up the uh, the um um maternal mortality. That is where you're getting that data from, right? Okay. So mm-hmm. it literally says here, um. Totals include race and origin groups not shown separately, including women of multiple races and origins not stated. Race groups are single race. So if you check black and white, they won't count it. That death is not counted in these numbers. If you check, um, if you're Samoan and white and you check two boxes, that is not counted. So I just like you were talking about earlier, when we're talking about the Jewish community, which is a race and a religion, and you're talking mm-hmm. about the Northeast or the South, I wonder how many women aren't being counted. Yeah. Cause I do want to point out that a lot of uh, Jewish women, well, Jewish people in general don't identify as white. Um, even yeah, though definitely. I do like a lot of them check other and write Hebrew, which is also a valid eth- ethnic totally valid but they are they are not counting that yeah they are not counting that so that that is very concerning to me because that lets me know point blank these numbers are low we're dealing with low we're missing a lot of the population because there are um there's a large population of biracial people in this country the jewish community that that the want indigenous to community for who they are, the indigenous community. So mm-hmm. I just like to be very wow. clear and, you know, and I have, t- before I made a single post about um, maternal mortality. I told you every I time spoke, you told me something new, it gets worse. <laughs> and I know. I'm sorry, friend. Before <sighs> I opened my mouth on this topic, I studied and studied and studied. I had been studying for four years um, because I didn't want to die. And then also I studied Dr. Sims, a father of gynecology, quite a bit in college. My degree is in history with an emphasis in African-American slavery, African-American slavery in the United States. Um, so I talked to indigenous women in person and I talked to indigenous people in academia and i expressed i felt it would be unethical and just wrong to speak on behalf of a group that is not in this data Mm -hmm. and not frequently say that and so i often do um i've been asked on tiktok on social media well can you speak on that i go this is the problem yeah because it's i do not want to participate and speaking over or the erasure of indigenous people, their trauma, and mm-hmm. just the unfairness of it all. So I always tag, here are indigenous women who are talking about it. So yeah. that is the feedback. That is what I felt in my soul. That is the feedback I got when I spoke, because that's just not right. But it's worth saying. I, I Yeah, because I, I, didn't, I didn't know that. And I didn't... Um, unfortunately think about it when I saw the statistics, you know, you don't, you would have to really either have somebody say it like you did or really be like, well, where is, where's the yeah. rest of it? You know, where's but the people that don't remember, fit in the box? You went yeah. to the most, you went to the most data collected source, 
Mm-hmm. You went on the CDC website. And there's you nothing. Went to the, it's not there. And it. Yeah. And they t- I read you the footnote. It tells you single race only. Like, I, like yep. the, the system is so flawed and we have so much work to do. I couldn't. And that's why I try to be so specific and so fact-based because I want people to understand this is a problem. And if mm-hmm. we just go off the numbers, what we have when we're missing an entire- it's, it's, it's already a problem and we're getting to the end of our time oh. here, but I just want to end with some of these statistics because I know, um, I know this is hard to conceptualize too, if this is a, the first time you're ever hearing about this issue or B, right. Um, if you are new to, if you're an expectant mother, or if you are new to conversations surrounding birth and maternal mortality, um, but the overall maternal mortality rates are out of a hundred thousand women or a hundred thousand births, I should say, because not only women give birth. So out of all the births or a hundred thousand births, um, we are also dealing with an increase across the board, across the collected demographics a rapid increase in the mortality rate. Um, From 2018, the total maternal mortality in the United States went from 17.4 per 100,000 to 32.9. That's almost doubled. And when you're talking about Black women, you're talking about an increase from a 37.3 maternal mortality per 100,000 births which is already higher than any of the other developed nations. Um, It goes from 37.3 to 69.9. And when you look around at the countries that we should be competing with on, on all levels, you know, uh, wealth and access to education and development, our maternal mortality rate now is 32.9. 32.9. And that's the average, you know, that with everybody in Portugal, it's eight <laughs> in Sweden, it's four, uh, in Spain, it's 3.47 in England, which is, I'd say our like closest it's 11.56 and France is somewhere between eight and 12 per a hundred thousand. Um, yeah, we are are failing at this and there's no other way to say it. Um, we're failing women. We are specifically and intentionally failing black women. Yes. And there is no way that we can't look at both the, um, for-profit medical system, the, uh, the inherent, the the standard of care and the inherent bias and racism in the foundations of our country and our medical system that are all leading to these things because this shouldn't be happening. It shouldn't be. And I'm so glad that there are women like you who are so well-versed on this topic, who are coming to platforms like TikTok and Instagram and social media where information is just so much more accessible um, and so much more easy to ingest in small, you know, in one minute, 30 second, you know, whatever it is, clips. And I definitely would love to have you back on because I think we have a lot to talk about. (laughs) We have a lot to talk about. I would love to come back on 
And, you know, you have a very large platform. I want to tell you just human to human, mother to mother. I think you use it very responsibly. Thank and, you. Um, I appreciate you sharing that with me. And so. Absolutely. It's and, and it's been fun and nice. So fun. And I'm, yeah, I'm here to learn and I'm here to use what I've learned to help bring that to, I guess, more people. Um, because if that's, if that's what I use social media for, then that, that seems pretty okay to me. Um, so I want to thank you for having me on. I'm going to tag, um, she is having a baby on all across socials. I'm going to tag her down below and I want to thank all of you for listening with us as well. We will definitely be having Francis back on to talk about some more of these topics. But until then, thank you for joining me for this episode. I'm Lisa P. And I will see you next time.